I was surprised to see how many people are actually ready for this technology. A couple of years ago, when we launched the very first voice-enabled ad company, you know, back then nobody had any experience with that. And we and we thought, well, if we can reach at least three percent engagement rate, that'd be fabulous. Given that the average click-through rate is like less than one, and then we saw fourteen, one four. And we were like blown away, and we didn't believe that number originally. But then we saw that the numbers are consistent across the time and uh, across different platforms, different markets, different campaigns. And then we realized that it's just so natural and it's so obvious for people. Welcome to Uncooked, a podcast serving up raw insights for marketers as we hear the unfiltered truth from industry experts, brands, and the target audiences we serve in their own words. I'm your host, Jacqueline Lieberman, and today on Uncooked, I'm speaking with Stas Tushinsky, founder of a tech platform called InStreamMatic. InStreamMatic is a voice marketing platform that allows customers to have a direct dialogue with brands as easy as sending a voice text. No joke. Their tech is aimed to close that gap between brands and their customers to create a tight loop of learning and loyalty. Here's what we covered today. We cover the future of voice ads on streaming platforms, the benefit between gathering one-to-one feedback versus, say, one-to-many on social media, and finally, how their technology delivers off-the-charts engagement versus traditional online advertising. There's lots to get to, so let's dig in. Welcome to the show, Stas. Hi, Jacqueline. It's nice to be here. Thanks for having me and excited to join the Uncooked Podcast. Oh, I'm so excited to have you um, because obviously audio, I have a soft spot for it, having a podcast. So I'm keenly interested in your business. But before we start talking about Instreamatic and the technology behind it, which I think is fascinating, tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of before you got into this business of Instreamatic, tell us a little backstory about staffs. Yeah, I would love to. Originally, me and my existing partners, we were working in a music streaming business. And back then, we learned that the industry had, and honestly still has, a lot of challenges around monetization. The big question is, how do you become profitable if you're running a music streaming business? Yeah, it's kind of a key question when you're running a business. Exactly. And the challenge is around the fact that not enough people are ready to pay for subscriptions because you can consume music and audio content for free elsewhere, like on the radio, YouTube, and other platforms. And at the same time, audio advertising isn't generating enough revenue for these platforms for content creators. And the reason for that is you cannot place clicks in audio. No clicks, meaning no measurement. No measurement, meaning not high demand compared to video advertising, display advertising, and social media advertising. Right. And at some point, we realized that voice was the answer. So a couple of years ago, we introduced voice-enabled advertising together with Pandora and a couple of other small players. And the idea is, is that when you hear an audio ad, you can have a conversation with the advertiser, which makes it engaging and it enables measurement. Let me give an example. Yeah, I was just going to say, how does that work? Right. So imagine you're listening to the Pandora app, for example, or... Yep in any other audio content uh, app. So instead of like getting a 30 second audio ad, you can hear something like this. Hey, this is your favorite coffee shop. How would you like to get a hot cup of coffee when you arrive this morning? 
and you can say, hmm, sounds great. I'd love it. All right, this is what you need to do. Just get our app. Or you can say, no, you know what? I don't like coffee. Leave me alone. All right, sorry about that. We'll try harder next time. So we enable that interactivity and we make ads more relevant and shorter to the people who are not interested in that offer. But if you're interested, then we're going to unpack the whole experience, deliver more details and open a landing page. So that was the product that we released several years ago. And then as we were discussing voice ads and voice stack in general with brands, we kept getting this one question which stuck with us. And the question was, is there a way to have a direct voice communication with our existing and potential clients with our clients? We don't want to depend on third-party platforms. We want to own the data. We want to own the experience. Not to mention that it's a bit confusing for some consumers to talk to a brand through, let's say, Amazon or some other voice-first platform. And the result of that discussion and thinking internally was the second product, which we introduced earlier this year. We call it Speaky. I love that. And Speaky enables instant voice communication with brands via effectively sending an audio message. You were so kind to give me a Speaky link. So tell the listeners how they can actually use the Speaky link that's going to be in the show notes and elsewhere, but tell them how they can use it to tell me and give me feedback on whether it's this episode or other episode topics. First of all, you should find the speaking link in the podcast episode description. Then you go to that, we call it a voice page, and they'll see just one button which says speak now. You click on this button and then you share what you want to share. It can be your feedback about the topic, feedback about this episode, and it can be advice on future guests and future topics. And what that effectively creates for Jacqueline is the opportunity to learn about your experience and learn about what you want to know. And that's really helped to get direct, honest feedback. Because what's really cool about Speaky is that it's a great many-to-one communication channel. Mm-hmm. Let me explain what I mean. So one-to-one communication is messenger, a messenger, any messenger. One-to-many is social media. There is nothing for many-to-one. Like, for example, a podcast host wants to get feedback or ideas, or a brand wants to hear from consumers or employees about their experience, or an influencer, again, wants to uh, engage audience in some kind of a contest or any kind of discussion. Another great thing about speaking, because it's private, it's not like social media, you know, public environment. People tend to be less controversial and less shocking and more to the point. So the quality is significantly higher. Yeah, I would think just because human nature is that you're not showing off to anybody by typing a review of saying, I think this and I hate this product or this brand needs to do X, Y, or Z. I would think you get more personal, authentic feedback. In what form do they actually view this feedback and is it real time? Yeah, you touched on a very important point here. And that is the point about Companies typically learn about extreme cases. So either extremely good or extremely bad. Right. And everything, I mean, like maybe 98% of the cases that stay in the middle usually stay hidden. And let me tell you a true story that happened to us, which illustrates what I mean. So uh, several months ago, our team stayed at a hotel in New York City, and my partner ordered delivery from Amazon to his room. And they delivered it while he was away. And when he got back to his room, he found this wet, dirty 
Amazon box laying on top of his bed. Yeah. <laughs> you can imagine how he felt. <laughs> yeah, there's all, a lot of things that are wrong about that, but go ahead. Yeah, and this is exactly one of those instances where it's not that terrible and you know how to fix it yourself. So you don't go ballistic about it. Yeah. And effectively, the company, the brand, in this case, the hotel, doesn't know it happens. And uh, best case scenario, they'll send a survey several days later with a bunch of relevant questions. Most people ignore it. Some open it, stupid questions, and then rate it 7 out of 10. Now, the company sees this number, in this case, 7 out of 10, and they think, okay, it means something was wrong. We don't know what it was, so we can't actually fix it, neither for this customer nor for future customers. And so the brand is frustrated, mm. the customer is frustrated, and the problem stays. That's the worst part. Just because it stays hidden it means that someone else will get a dirty box on their bed. Right. But at the same time, many, many people ready to share that experience, but only if it doesn't take a lot of time and effort. So imagine you're in this room, you see this box, you feel frustration and disappointment, but then you see a QR code in the room where you have a link in your email inbox that says, you have something to say, go here. Mm. And you go to the speaky page and with a single key press, you say something like, you know, everything was great, but somebody put this dirty box on my bed. Don't do it ever again. Boom. Took you six seconds. But now the brand knows exactly what's going on. And when they get it at scale, I'm talking about the amount of responses. They can also see a bigger picture, patterns, so they can see what the majority of people are talking about, which effectively, that's magic, makes it actionable. Unlike a number like NPS score, which usually says improve everything, this tells you exactly where you should focus right now. And when you fix it, improve it, next month you won't see and you'll see something else. Yeah. I want to pause and highlight a few key points Stas is making here. First, Speaky is such a nifty little tool invented by Instreammatic. It's a simple link that takes you to the brand landing page, and there's literally one button to press that says, Speak Now. It counts you down, you start speaking, and then you click Stop. That's it. So from a user experience, it couldn't be easier. And you'll have a chance to actually try it. My link is in the show notes. So as soon as you finish this episode, I'd love for you to give it a try. But what I find really useful here is that most social listening tools organize feedback into positive, negative, and neutral buckets. And oftentimes the neutral bucket, it tends to be huge. And brands also tend to focus on only the extremes. They either wanna know what's been positive or what's been negative. So they're ignoring a significant chunk of consumer feedback. And the Speaky tool, what it starts to do, it provides a way for brands to better understand what we would call that messy middle, but it's also where a lot of marketing gold lies. When we think about loyal customers, because they're loyal, they know your business in and out. And if there is a, just an easy way for them to speak to your company, not to a cashier, but to your company, they can share a lot of valuable advice. Like, for example, if it's a hair salon that they should visit like every other month, and probably you notice, you know, all those tiny details that can be proved. And there is a way for you to say like, hey, now it's time to upgrade the chairs or add this or that. Then each advice like this can potentially give you extra two, three, five percent of revenue. And if you multiply it by 10 advice, 
then, I mean, we're talking about good revenue improvement and higher satisfaction. Right. Now, when we talk about angry customers, they don't have a channel to blow off steam and to privately share their dissatisfaction with the company. Then the next thing that usually happens is they go on social media when they're like already... Um, Primed and angry, yeah. Yeah, and they have 240 characters, right, to, to, <laughs> to express everything. Yeah. You know, how it sounds like eventually. Mm-hmm. And nobody wants that. That's interesting. Maybe walk us through a brand case study of one of your clients, how they're actually using Instreamatic from start to finish. We launched Speaky with a canteen. So it's like a massive cafe in a business center. So they have around a thousand visitors daily. You know, people go for lunch and they, they eat there. Mm-hmm. And they install QR codes on every table. And effectively, what they saw is that now they have a direct communication between consumers and the kitchen, not the manager, not the owner, the kitchen. And so if something isn't right, for example, food is either too cold or too hot or, you know, drinks are not there or, you know, some other problem, the kitchen and the operations immediately learn about those issues or pastas at the time, you know, isn't good to stay. And so they can fix it right away. Another example is we're now launching with in some dealership in Texas, and they're taking an advertising angle with Speaky. So they have a jingle that everybody in the area knows, well, because they used it for many years in their TV commercials. And now they're going to use Speaky as a contest mechanism. So they're going to advertise their Speaky page and say, hey, you know, sing our jingle, and, you know, the one who does it better will get a prize from us. Oh, I love it. Hopefully buy a Nissan car eventually. So they're using speaking in a different manner, not just for consumer feedback or a review type situation. They're actually using it as a contest mechanism. Yes. Another interesting use case of this application is inbound sales inquiries. So for example, if you go to our website, instrumatic.com or the speaky.com, it's a speaky dedicated website, you'll see on the contact us page, you'll see the speaky button which offers a third way to get in touch with us. So one is email, another one is just a form. Mm-hmm. And the third one is sending an audio message. I also, from my personal consumer experience, started noticing that there are so many times where I need to get a quote or just you know get some information from the company. And every time I have two options, I either need to type and imagine you know, getting 10 quotes. It's like spending 30 minutes eventually typing and filling in all those forms across all the websites. Or dialing in and trying to uh, talk to somebody. Again, it's like 10 minutes, 20 minutes. But if only I could just send each company an audio message and say, hey, I need this, send me a quote, this is my email, boom, 10 seconds, I'm done. You know, when you have time, respond to my email. Right. Just so easy. And we are getting around 30% of inbound inquiries for speak, actually. Because when when you offer this to people, it's a no-brainer, it's faster, it's easy. Consumers prefer to send audio messages rather than text, 58%. Just that behavior alone is something that has really manifested itself the last handful of years. Obviously, you've seen that and you're building upon that in terms of your business. But can you talk a little bit about those behaviors and trends that you're seeing and maybe about what's next? You're absolutely right. The voice varies here. I mean, everywhere we look today, we see a lot of evidence that when people can, they prefer to talk. I'm not talking about everybody, but it's not an uncommon thing anymore. And the reason for that is, just like you said, it's faster. I mean, 
when you tried, especially when you tried two, three times, you're probably not going to go back to typing. The funny thing about voice tech and voice interfaces is that, yes, speaking is three times faster than typing. So people, when they can, they prefer to talk. And just right now, we're talking, we're not, you know, sending each other text messages because it's faster and it's more exciting. Mm -hmm. But reading is faster than listening. And so that tells us that people love sending audio messages, but almost everyone hates getting one. Mm. Because, like, I see this, like, two-minute-long audio message. <laughs> I don't have time for this. Can you just type it for me? Right. And we took that learnings internally, and we realized that probably the right approach to the voice there is by allowing people to talk, but not making them listen, especially when they're not ready for listening. So meaning in this case, the brands, so the brands want to get the feedback and it's easier for the consumer to give the feedback via voice, but the brands are reading transcripts. Yeah, they can read. If they want, they can listen Mm -hmm. and they'll also be able to enable AI analytics, which can show patterns and bigger picture. Like if you're a big media company getting tens of thousands of speakers a month, even reading is impossible. You really just in what the majority of people are talking about. Right. And another interesting angle, which we've learned just recently, is that many companies, they want to learn about their employee experience. They want to know the truth about the workspace environment. Because when somebody's leaving company, it increases cost. You need to hire somebody, you need to train them. Probably you'll have to pay higher salary. In interviews and surveys, they just don't reveal the truth. And so voice, and we hope that Speaky has this potential to actually collect anonymous, but open and honest feedback from employees so that the manager or the CEO can learn what's going on in reality. Are there analytics that help draw out insights for anybody to look at this? Or do you need some sort of strategist brain looking at this to extract it for the brands? The way we look at the next generation of analytics dashboards is that you don't have to have an analyst in in your team. It should be AI. So in the way we're building our AI capabilities is so that it can look for patterns, look for insights, and then just deliver it to you in plain English. Right. So like literally you just see a couple of sentences that says, for example, very few people in New York aren't complaining about the delivery time. Here you go. You know, you have that clear insight and you don't need to go through all the diagrams, all the you know, spreadsheets. And the funny thing is about the analytics and the analysts is that even when we work and talk to large corporations, like enterprise level clients, we're still working with small teams within those companies, like five people team, seven people team, and they don't have a budget for an analyst. So even though it's a large company with a lot of money and budget, <laughs> separate teams, they operate as, as SMBs. Yeah. They just can't have it. And they don't have brain capacity to do analytics. But at the same time, they want to know. They want to get the insights. Yeah, that makes sense. Let's talk about the popularity of voice ads. And specifically, I'm thinking about, you know, there seems to be a very high consumer acceptance of allowing voice ads within a podcast, for instance. And I have heard feedback and have read research, which starts to talk about the reason why that consumers accept it more than, say, a banner ad somewhere is because usually there's a high degree of relevancy between the voice ad that they're hearing 
and either the topic of the podcast generally, not the episode, it could be about to the episode, to that degree of targeting, or at the very least, it's a like-minded brand that relates to the ethos of the podcast or the podcast host. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I think it's a trend that we're seeing that consumers really don't mind. It's not as unwelcomed as traditional online advertising would be. I absolutely agree. And the reason for that, in my opinion, is when it comes to podcasting, you typically follow the people that you either love or adore or just respect. Oh, thanks, Stas. That's so nice of you. (laughs) And that creates kind of an intimate relationship, actually, between a listener and a podcaster. It's not like listening to music. Music is more like lean-back experience, and podcast is more like forward experience. You really want to listen to it. You want to learn something from you. You want to hear an opinion that you haven't heard before. And that builds trust. And eventually, when I trust you as a show host, I trust that you're not just going to deliver any kind of irrelevant ads for me as your listener. You'll really be selective. Yeah. And that means that probably most of those ads are relevant and interesting. And because usually it's the host who delivers them, they don't sound generic and they don't sound like something that I've already heard thousands of times. It's like the delivery can be different and the activation and the integration can be interesting. This is also kind of resonates with the whole voice tech topic because when a consumer speaks with the brand, that also allows them to establish a kind of a relationship because we only talk to live forms. We don't talk to walls. We don't talk to buildings. We talk to people, to animals, to devices that we consider being alive in a way. Mm-hmm. And voice tech makes brands more alive, which means there is an opportunity to build a relationship just like with the podcaster. I love that. Voice tech makes brands more alive. Yes, that's awesome. Talk to me a little bit about Instreamatics tech, except you need to maybe explain it like as though I'm a first grader. But I'm asking because there's other voice platforms out there. But what makes Instreamatic special from either a tech standpoint, platform standpoint? Just talk to me about that. Well, I think the unique differentiator is that a first grader can use it. (laughs) That's how we intended it from the beginning. So really, Instreamatic tech is not for techies. It's for normal people, if you will. Mm -hmm. We deliver an end-to-end solution that you can just start using immediately either for voice ads or for any kind of speaking engagement. And because it's end-to-end, that means you don't need to try to find a third-party provider for missing components. You don't need to integrate it with anything. You just sign up and you can start using it like literally the next minute. Yeah, that's very cool. What do you think is next? Like as you're thinking about evolving the business and what kind of impact do you see Instreamatic making in the industry? We really want to make it easy for people to communicate with brands. That's our focus. We're not building a voice assistant. We're not building a consumer experience management platform. We just want to voice enable billions of existing touch points between brands and consumers. Because we believe that when you can talk, not only it makes it easier for you, but also it allows you to save a lot of time and effort on communicating. And at the same time, the brand can learn something that was hidden before. 
And we see three major use cases in terms of where this is going. So the first one is customer feedback, both negative and positive. Mm -hmm. Second use case is employee and uh, worker retention. We really believe that anonymous voice response and feedback can just uncover so much truth about the workplace environment. And so much better than those really bad employee surveys. Yeah. This has got to be better than that. Yeah, I spoke with one food delivery company, and they said that the drivers are leaving, and we don't know exactly why this is happening, because what we're doing is we're sending them predetermined surveys. But what if the reason why they're leaving is not among those options? (laughs) I think that's great. And the third use case is inbound sales. Every time you need to get a quote or just some information, it's so much easier to just spend 10 seconds explaining your need and what you're looking for instead of typing. Mm -hmm. And uh, we are now launching a big campaign with a CPG brand. I just can't say the name right now. But we're going to offer the audience across all the media channels that they're about to buy to go to the speaking page and share their experience with the brand. If it's a CPG brand, you don't sell it online. You sell it through retail locations. Yeah. And how do you start a relationship? Yeah. How do you engage people in the brand communication, right? So it's like, okay, go to speaking page and just, you know, send us an audio message. Yeah. What do you think about the product? When do you use it? Whatever else you want to share. Hearing all the different use cases for a tool like Speaky, it brings to light the power of AI in marketing. Paid advertising used to be strictly about educating consumers and then convincing them to buy. Using artificial intelligence to mine insights from Speaky creates a unique opportunity to make ads truly a two-way dialogue with consumers. As marketers, we've always known the importance of listening to consumer feedback, whether it's time spent in focus groups or weeding through data from surveys. But Stas is highlighting a key benefit of Speaky, which is sometimes all customers want is to feel like they have a direct line to the brand to be heard. I see using a tool like Speaky as an easy way for brands to work on their empathy muscle with consumers. In targeted studies, researchers found that companies who exhibit a high degree of focus on customer and employee centricity, they see a 92% increase in customer loyalty. So empathy pays off. What's the difference between audio ads versus voice ads? The difference is an audio ad is a classical radio style 30 second audio ad. You just have this 30 second track and you play and that's it. The voice ad is an ad that talks back. So that coffee shop example that I gave earlier, that's a great example of voice ad. Well, effectively voice ads is a short for voice enabled ad. So effectively it's an ad that engages you in a dialogue with the brand. Okay. So that's the voice enable ad. And then the audio ad is the track that you described. So that's something that you do for clients in terms of actually putting the ads out there. So we have a programmatic audio ad platform that helps audio content providers monetize their content, both with audio ads and with voice enable ads. The transition from an audio ad to a voice ad takes time. And that's why we provide both. Okay, got it. I think voice enable ads are really interesting. I haven't come across one myself. Does it have to be a live medium that I'm listening to? Or could it be a recorded podcast and there's a voice enabled ad in there? Right this moment, it has to be an app 
that is instrumentic enabled. For example, Pandora is one of those apps. Okay. We have 265 apps that are using our technology for voice advertising right now. Mm-hmm. And so it's really all about the platform because it's a tech capability that has to be enabled. And then they decide when they want to run a voice ad and when they want to serve an audio ad. Can you give us another example of the voice-enabled ad in practice? Sure. We published this great case study, which we did for Infinity Cars, and they served voice ads, obviously. And the first ad offered like a test drive. So it's like, hey, Infinity Car, do you want to schedule a test drive? Some people said, sure. Some people said, no, never. And then what they did was they served a second ad like a day later, a week later to those who declined the original offer. And the second ad said, hey, it's Infinity again. We know you're not interested in the test drive, but how about just visiting our webpage and you know, checking out pictures and videos of the car? And 5.5% of those who declined the original test drive offer, they changed their mind and they said, yeah, you know, show me the pictures. And it proved that Sometimes changing the target action or the creative can significantly improve the engagement rate of a bad thing. And where were the users at this stage? Were they listening to something? Yeah, listening to music. Okay, so they're listening to music and they get this ad from Infinity. They say no, Mm -hmm. and they're actually saying no. Like they're saying, no thanks. Yeah, they're they're saying whatever. We, We can understand them. They can say no, go away. They can use profanity, and that's why we call this 50 Shades of No, because we believe that no's are very, very different, unlike yeses. Yes. For example, it's a pizza commercial. You just ate, so you'll be like, ah, no, no, I'm full. It doesn't mean it's no forever. It means that you don't want pizza right now. And the next day, you can be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm ready. Let me order it. And we see that sometimes people give casual no, and sometimes it's what we call strong no, yeah. full of profanity and uh, right. eventually full of insights. I think that gets back to my analogy of the social listening sentiment buckets of positive, negative, and then there's this huge neutral that no one ever pays attention to. And I feel like that this type of advertising is really getting into what could be that neutral, but making it much more insightful than just this huge bucket that no one knows what to do with. Because to your point, yeses and especially noes are nuanced. And usually that gets bucketed into neutral in a social listening platform, for example. Yeah, and it's also interesting to watch how the technology development affects what marketers consider KPIs. So, for example, before the internet, it was all about the reach and frequency. Then, uh, you know, targeted advertising and context advertising came along and everybody was talking about, oh, what about clicks, CTRs, conversion rates? Right. But now with the voice era, it's time to think about the notes. What do you do with those who are not interested? And how do you deal with them? Because like I said, notes are different. Mm. In some use cases, the right response would be, okay, you're definitely not our client. We shouldn't spend waste our money chasing you. It shouldn't bother you. In other cases, the insight is, well, we should try again later. Right. And voice technology now enables that. So let's talk about how are you marketing Instreamatic? So I know Instreamatic is an amazing marketing tool for any brand manager or even consultants like myself. but how are you planning to market your business so people actually know about this stuff? 
we are a tech company in the first place, which means that we really want to focus on the product and on the technology. And we are developing partner relationships. When it comes to advertising, it's mostly advertising agencies and media companies. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to speaking, it's actually all kinds of agencies, consultants, and companies that see that they can either integrate it or resell it to their clients. Just an example, we have a very interesting case study, if you will, in Texas. One magazine first integrated Speaky just to get feedback from their readers. And then they received quite a few responses. They got excited and then they thought, wow, we can actually resell it to the advertisers that are buying print ads. And we, not only we can voice enable print, but we can just resell it because we have all the relationship. And that was a very interesting development for us. Yeah, that is very cool. How do you voice enable print? Interesting. Can you talk a little bit about the other formats that you can use in Streamatic? So print, that's via QR code. Love that. And that's also the restaurant example that you gave before that people could speak right to the kitchen and give that feedback. What other mediums? Well, if it's an online environment, then it's a link. You can click, then it's a link anywhere. Push notification, email, just on the website. If it's not an online environment, then it's a QR code on the TV screen, okay. on premises, uh, in print, uh, outdoor advertising. Yeah. What's really surprised you since you started this whole business journey? I was surprised to see how many people are actually ready for this technology. Like a couple of years ago, when we launched the very first voice enable ad campaign, you know, back then, nobody had any experience with that. Mm. And we, and we thought, well, if we can reach at least 3% engagement rate, that'd be fabulous, given that the average click-through rate is like less than one. Right. And then we saw 14.14. And we were like blown away. And we didn't believe that number originally. But then we saw that the numbers are consistent across the time and uh, across different platforms, different markets, different campaigns. And then we realized that it's just so natural and it's so obvious for people you don't need to get a phd you don't need to teach people how to respond with voice they just do it when they get a chance you just ask them a question yeah and see them responding and the same goes with speaky when we first put up speaky button on our website so it's like if you want to get in touch with instrumatic here are your options you know classical ones and you can send an audio message and instrumatic.com was the very first website with a, you can think of it as an audio message button. And literally next week, we started getting inbound inquiries that way. Not all of them, like again, around 30%, but still it surprised me because those people never saw anything like that before on the internet. And yet, like when they saw it, they just tried it and went out and did it. What are some of the latest response rates that you can tell our listeners? I really want to frame up the high engagement that you're talking about relative to the abysmal response rates that we get on online advertising and click-through rates on banner ads. So let's talk about that for a sec. Yeah, we just did a speaky activation at one event. It was 500 people event in Chicago. And the organizers told us afterwards that speaky outperformed other communication channels in terms of both quality and quantity. And quality is a very interesting factor because it's hard to measure it. Like, how do you measure 
quality of response exactly. Mm-hmm. We think that makes it a bit hard to compare with other engagement tools. Like for example, let's say some people responded with voice they sent speakies that 30 second long with all the details and nuances. And other people they just give you a thumbs up, thumbs down. Now is it fair to compare both in terms of engagement rates? Even though, like for example, thumbs up, thumbs down can deliver higher engagement rate because it's just one click, it's easy, but have you learned anything from that? Mm-hmm. So the quality part, I think, is the core here. However, I can give you some engagement rate numbers. One client of ours, they manage an apartment complex. They sent out, you can think of it as a service, like, hey, should we increase fees so we can improve our facilities and amenities? Like, what do you think about that? And more than 30% of people responded with speaking. Oh, wow. So I consider that a, a very high number. That's huge. Given that they're not familiar with that kind of experience in technology. What I find pretty fascinating is the fact that it is this technology platform, but what you're doing is you're really, really closing the gap between brands and consumers. And you're really creating this humanized experience that doesn't really exist when you get just a written review, positive or negative, from people. So do you think it's more important for brands to act more human than act like a business? Of course, human is so important these days. I think that's how you can stand out. Because one of the trends that all of us have seen these days is that we start getting many generic brands. Like, for example, you go to a local uh, mall or to amazon.com and then you see like the same stuff but just generic brands yeah and the value proposition is like why pay more when you can pay less for the same stuff and i think that creates a problem for a brand because i think brand means a promise eventually that's what any brand stands for they, they promise you something and they should be human they should be able to listen they should be able to adopt and they should show that they care that's it. I mean, that's dead on. What are you, a brand strategist or something? Learning from uh, this. So since you brought up brand promise, what is Instreamatic's brand promise? It's all about truth from voice. It's all about truth from voice. Truth from voice. Yeah, Ooh, we help like brand that. yeah, we help brands to reveal and find truth from voice. Truth from voice. I love that. Did you do any kind of exercises with yourself and your employees or partners about your brand values or brand purpose? Did you ever go through any sort of process or journey like that? Yeah, we went through a journey like that maybe about eight months ago. And we were lucky to work with a very talented person who had massive CMO experience. So he helped us a lot in terms of what we want to say and how we want to say it, how we should say it. Yeah. So, yeah, it helped us a lot. That was a very valuable exercise. And I have to admit that when we started, I was one of those who dismissed it. (laughs) But then I saw the value. All right. See, that's good. I'm glad you came around. Yeah. Glad you came around. I ask this question of a lot of my guests because I get such interesting answers all the time. And it's write the headline five years from now in a glowing feature story about Instreamatic. Think of the cover of the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times and what that front page would say and what you'd want it to say in five years from now. Instreamatic gave people a voice in a brand communication. Instreamatic gave people a voice in brand communication. Is there anything 
next for Instreamatic? We are heads down developing Speaker right now because audio and voice sets are in a good place right now. They're growing and scaling. And Speaker is a very exciting product because it's not just marketing. It's also HR and, uh, and it's also sales. Yeah. And we really want to see how far we can go with voice enabling many-to-one communication. I think it's great. And I really appreciate you coming on the podcast because I think audio technology is really just scratching the surface right now and where you guys are going are on the forefront. So I appreciate you bringing this to our listeners and I cannot wait to put my Instreamatic Speaky link into my podcast notes, not just for this episode, but moving forward. And hopefully I get to hear right from my listeners' mouths. So that's the best part. I appreciate you inviting me to the podcast. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Well, that wraps my conversation with Stas, founder of Instreamatic. I've compiled a few key takeaways to think about. First, there's an interesting thought here that keeps coming up about neutral data and how most feedback is either positive or negative. The void that their product Speaky is filling is finding quality in the neutral data and also helping brands discern what's behind the 50 shades of no, as Stas calls it. I think that's brilliant, by the way. All of this can be done with the efficiency of artificial intelligence. Rather than pay human analysts to find patterns among reams of data, AI can do that job so analysts and strategists can spend time applying the patterns that they're seeing against the larger business context. Secondly, I think the main insight I draw from this story is about what's possible when the barriers can come down between brands and their consumers. Having the one-to-one private feedback loop like Speaky, it allows brands to make micro shifts in messaging or gather product and service feedback. The ease of clicking a button to say what's on your mind creates this tighter relationship with customers than a one-to-many medium like social media or surveys. And finally, the future of voice is already here as we're now accustomed to talking to Siri and Alexa, making inanimate objects seem human in everyday life. But I'm hedging my bets to say, if we give consumers a direct line to being heard, brand promises will be better kept. And when brands keep their promises, we definitely go beyond loyalty to creating a brand that people love. You can learn more about Instreammatic and their Speaky product at instreammatic.com. And by the way, as I mentioned, the Uncooked podcast has its own Speaky link. It's in the show notes. It'll be in every show note now moving forward. Just click on it, give it a try. Let us know what you think of the episode. This has been an episode of Uncooked. I'm Jacqueline Lieberman, founder and chief strategist at Brand Crudo, a marketing consultancy. If you want to discuss how your company can take advantage of these marketing concepts, such as brand promises and how to activate brand purpose in marketing, this is what I do every day. So you can find my contact info on brandcrudo.com or the show notes. Thanks so much for listening.